In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. And now back to our conversation with Jeff Abel. So your first group, uh, you ha- how many uh, guys did you have in your first group? Uh, it was myself, um, my co-leader, and eight other guys. Wow, that's so a total big group. of ten. Yeah, and um, how long? It became you- nine because a guy had to move about six months into it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're this uh, you're this willing but unconfident leader. Absolutely. You got these guys coming every week. You got a curriculum, and mm-hmm. you're investing in them. Um, so what I think people really benefit from Jeff is is not so much what we did well, but the mistakes that we made. Yeah. I, I remember when I was a young youth pastor, 27, 28 years ago, I went to a training event. I didn't even know they had training events for youth pastors. And I went and I sat in a room with 200 other youth pastors, and we listened to this speaker named Doug Fields. And I remember, I can still remember it. He got up and for an hour talked about the 10 stupidest mistakes he's ever made in youth ministry. <laughs> It was funny and it was informative. I bet. And I was so grateful. I learned more from him than any other conference I ever went to about, yeah, about yeah. youth ministry. And I, I think it's the same way in disciple making. Um, so we know some of the successes you made. You said yes, finally. You put them in together. You let God do what God does. Uh, what's some of the challenges that you faced? Um, the list is long. <laughs> I would say that, and, and this, is, this is the best thing and a mistake. Okay. When it came to personal worship, I grew up in the church. Uh, the first time I read the Bible um, was, I don't know, a year or so before we moved to Atlanta. He was preparing us for this move. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time I did it for myself and my relationship with him was when we started this discipleship group. Because oh, you're the leader and you need to be prepared, right? 24, I'm uh, not 24, seven days a week, 365 a year, I wasn't missing. Somebody might miss a day, but it wasn't going to be me because uh-huh. I'm the guy. Yeah. Right? And it was wonderful. I experienced personal worship for the first time in my life. And Now, define that term because I think there are people listening today that have never really heard the term personal worship. Yeah, well, and it, it's a, it's, that's part of the story. That's part of the mistake. Oh. <laughs> so uh, my, my definition of personal worship is uh, spending intentional time with God, period. And what it can look like can be varied. Where it can happen can be varied. Okay. I'm I'm an accountant, so my nature is I like structure and organization, so I like same time, same place. But what I found, uh, my, my mistake, and then I'll come to the punchline, was what was so good and so fulfilling early on became very legalistic. Ah, and that became a routine. That seven day 365 was a check the box. Uh-huh. It became a check the box. Then it became a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it became very, um, uh, it was the opposite of being relational, intimate with God. Mm. It was um, it was actually kind of hurting the intimacy I had with him. Really. Um, and it wasn't because of him, it was because of me, right? Uh, I was doing a lot more talking than I was listening. Okay. Uh, I was doing a lot more preparing and learning and analyzing. So and the assessing. structure that provided consistency for you also created rigidity. It was my biggest mistake. How about that? Yeah, it really was. Uh, so, so to f- the second question is, what is it? Uh, it's become something that's um, much more, much less structured, 
not unstructured by any stretch, but much less structured. Um, and one of the things that, that, that God put on my heart several years ago, uh, actually a guy named Mike Turning was in my first group, a dear friend of mine. Um, he, he was the one that really showed me that this was becoming legalistic, and he didn't even know it. Hmm. because I saw him one day at launch, and he said, what was your personal worship? What, what, what were you reading this morning in personal worship? Just as a bit of an accountability deal, and I didn't know. Because you'd read it, and you still didn't know. I had no idea. How about that? So he unwittingly you know, started to something that every day, a couple times a day, I'd remind myself what I've read that day and what it meant. And oh, by the way, the meaning changes at 3 o'clock compared to 6 a.m., <laughs> And it just became much more rich and fluid and real. Yeah. Um, so it's still a structure of reading scripture, of praying? Most days. Okay. Praying every day. All right. Praying every day. Prayers, uh, that's probably been the biggest gift of this to me. My prayer life has just um, become vital and, um, and much more constant. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing that I do at this point in time. It's, you know, kind of that morning in the park yelling at God, he's there. He's my dad. He's right. he's my mentor. He's He's got all the answers, and he wants to hear from me, which just blows me away. I can't get my head around that. But he wants <laughs> to hear from me, So, and, and <laughs> Lord knows I need to hear from him. Right. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so prayer, prayer, prayer constantly. Uh, scripture. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, I I envy guys that just can't wait to dive into the word, mm-hmm. and it's just a, a such a magnet and a pull to them. When I'm in the word, I I enjoy it. It's a supernatural book. Um, it it always scratches my itch. Mm-hmm. Always. Always um, feeding. But I don't, I'm not one of those guys that says, oh man, it's time to it, give me that thing, yeah. right? Um, so so that has to be a bit of organization and structure for me. I, I need to like have a reason and make sure I need to be in this. I don't need to be in it seven days a week, 365 days a year. I need it when I need it, and I need it more often than I think I need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like what you're saying because there are a lot of people that – the Bible is not, you know, uh, this exciting form of entertainment that they yeah. can't wait to get into. Uh, but it's like the broccoli. It's like eat your vegetables. Why? Because it's really good for you, and it's really going to pay off. And it, yes. we really should do it. But um, I'm a, I appreciate you saying that because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And they, so then Scripture becomes like one of my friends uh, said. He said he, he for years he treated God like a raincoat. Mm-hmm. Leave it at the door, and if I need, if it looks a little stormy, I'll put God on, and if it, oh. if it's sunny, I'm fine. Some people treat the Bible that way too. But when you're leading a covenant group, and you're asking, you're telling these other guys that they need to be in the scriptures, and you know you need to be, the accountability becomes a self accountability, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And God uses my um, need and desire as a leader to be in His Word. Mm-hmm. That's what he pushes me to. But once I'm there, he uses it in a very uh, impactful, intimate way that I need. That has nothing to do with preparation. It's like me getting to the gym is uh, <laughs> is, is drudgery. Once I get there and leave, I'm so glad I did that. But I know that the next time I need to go, I'm going to be trying to come up with the seven other things I need to do ahead of time. Right? For those listeners that, that can't see Mark, he clearly spends a lot of time in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> That's why we don't put our pictures on these things. <laughs> well, um, so you're leading these guys. 
Uh, one of the things I know, Jeff, is that you've done really well is you have k- kept your covenant group from turning into just a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's the danger. Uh, gosh, that sounds horrible. Nothing dangerous about Bible studies, okay? Mm-hmm. Bible studies are wonderful if that's what God's led you to do and that's what people are signing up for. But the outcome of a Bible study is very different than the outcome of a covenant or a discipleship group. Is that mm-hmm. the way you see it? Uh, it certainly can be, and the I, I think that it's, uh, to your point, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Bible studies, and wonderful things come out of Bible studies, mm-hmm. and intimate relationships with the Lord are born out of Bible studies. I would say that, in in my view, the way I would describe it is a discipleship group, a covenant group, whatever description you want to, the intention of that is to do something much more um, deep and intimate as opposed to learning what the word says. Um, the intentionality around discipleship is different, I think, than the intentionality around Bible study generally. Yeah, and, and you know, as you and I both know, that um, the goal of a Bible study uh, is knowledge. Yes. I mean, you take yes. a study on the book of James, uh, and once you take that study, it's. Um, the end result is that you know more about the book of James, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully the Lord's doing some things in your heart too, but the end result of a of a discipleship group is a little bit different. Yes, agreed, agreed. And, you know, you say I've done a good job of it. That's, um, I don't think there's been a lot of intentionality around that. My style, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, is I'm going to invite guys into an environment, and I'm going to invite them to participate in some curriculum and some practices and behaviors that can be life impacting and can be life changing. <laughs> the group that I'm in right now, we met last night. And one of the things that um, I asked for prayer about is I'm just not a very empathetic guy. And the older I get, really? the less empathetic I get. You're an accountant and you're not empathetic? <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> Any of my clients are listening. I'm very empathetic. Yeah, to uh, but I, I, you know, take it if if it's your time and it's your place and it's your desire, then it's awesome. If it's not, I'm not going to chase you around. Yeah, uh, it's just not my style. I don't think that's where God's called me and gifted me to. So. So, so yeah, um, I probably wouldn't be a very good Bible study leader. Hmm. Um, and so my effectiveness in kind of keeping uh, uh, maybe having a focus on discipleship versus a focus on just studying the Bible has been because I just put it on the guys, yeah. right? Uh, God's going to do in you what he's going to do in you. I'm not going to do it. Uh, what do you want? And if you don't want this, then this you're probably not going to last very long because uh-huh. we're going to kind of need participation from you. We're going to need authenticity and vulnerability from you. Yeah. And if you're not in for that, then there's plenty of worthwhile ways to spend your time that'll uh, th- that'll be kingdom building, but this might not be it right now. Yeah, I, I, one of my friends says, you know, the difference between a Bible study and a discipleship group is that a Bible study's desired outcome is knowledge. Um, but a discipleship group is knowledge as well, but it's also skill and yeah. character. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned this vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, I know from men, you know, that's a wonderful word. Men love that word. It's just <laughs> It just rolls off the tongue, and it's so easy for us, right? It's really interesting. I feel like I'm a very vulnerable guy. My wife disagrees. I, I don't know what the disconnect is. There. It's just definitions oh, yeah. of the word. Right? <laughs> now, at, at any point in your group, uh, you're on this track, uh, you're um, – 
Did you feel like your group turned into a Bible study uh, yeah. on accident? Uh, I hear some of that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Take us through a little bit of that. Well, well um, my group followed my lead. My first group followed my lead. Okay. As it became very legalistic for me and very dry and preparatory, our group went there too. Oh. Um, now, luckily, I had some great guys. Our mentioned Mike, some great guys that had discernment to know that that's where we were going and kind of would drag us out of the ditch when the leader was taking us there. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, there, um, uh, and I was in another group, um, that it very much became, uh, we, we were very heavy on the word and very heavy on learning the word not so great at life application, not so great at accountability. Um, But you know what? There was a blessing that came out of that too, but it wasn't as deep and rich as it could have been. Yeah. It's more of a balance, it sounds to Mm -hmm. me like. Scripture's very important. I mean, without Scripture, you know, why gather? But the accountability and uh, the application, how am I going to take this passage and put it into my marriage on Tuesday morning or my parenting on Friday afternoon? Yeah, and that's, that's my... Um, that's my go-to. I'm currently uh, co-leading. I, I hate to even say it. It's with Bill Lonas, who who is obviously your dear friend. Yeah, he's and done a podcast for us uh, way, way early in yeah. the episodes here. And it's hard to co-lead with Bill because he's such a great and strong leader. Yeah. Uh, but th- that's my title. And, and, and Bill is, uh, our styles really complement each other um, because Bill is so knowledgeable and so passionate and very empathetic to the lives of guys. And I'm kind of a, you know, what's this mean to you? And, you know, if you want to tell me and if it's helpful that you tell me, great. But, you know, it's kind of on you, right? Figure it out and then pray and I'll help you with accountability. But somebody needs to help you with accountability and and just really getting into life application. That's kind of my go-to. That's my comfort zone. That's how God's kind of equipped me to, 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 to be impactful in these in discipleship. Yeah, and so I, I know disciple makers, uh, I know lots of them. Um, I've, God's given me a, a wonderful blessing to get to meet a lot of people, men and women who make disciples around the world. Uh, and one of the things that I hear constantly, one of the common themes, is the hesitancy to do it because I don't know enough. Yep. Thinking that I need to be lead a Bible study and I need to know all about the Bible. But what we know is discipleship group is more than that. It's not that. What advice would you give to people who found that they're, they they got together to make disciples, to look at knowledge, skill, and character, mm-hmm. but just by drift, somehow this thing has turned into where you feel like you got to show up with a Bible lesson prepared and teach the Bible to people, and then they just leave. What advice do you give people who found that their group has migrated into that? Sober assessment. Hmm. Um, would be the first thing is just identify that and have the the courage and and faith to hear that if someone in your group or maybe even someone that you is mentoring you as you lead a group says that because God won't allow it to just fester. He might allow it to happen. Yeah, uh, he certainly has with me. Um, but he's not going to allow it to fester. He's going to send the signal that hey, you know what? It's it's time to to come on and, and get intimate and real with me uh, and uh, and have that personal accountability and have that vulnerability and honesty. So so first of all, I just say sober assessment and listen to what God is saying to you uh, individually through your network, through your participants, whatever. Yeah. Um, and just noticing that it's turned into, I'm just teaching Bible scripture. That, and, about, yeah. and I think for me, that's the most powerful one, you know, when you're reading a word and 
you're looking at your watch saying, when's this going to be over? That's probably a bad place to be, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you're praying for your group and you've noticed that that prayer time, um, you know, you could just hit the, the the rewind and play button because you're saying the same things every week mm. about the same guys. It probably means you're getting a little stale. Yeah. Um, what and, do you recommend to do when the group feels like it's getting stale? Um, <laughs> I, I What I do is deal with it like sit in front of the group and say, you know what, guys, this isn't what God has in store for us. Just call it what it is. I mean, and if if you're in a comfort zone and I'm kind of stirring the pot a little bit, good. Uh Um, But, you know, God's spoken to me and it's pretty clear to me that we're stagnating and we're not wasting our time by any stretch of the imagination. Just yeah. to be clear, I'm, my, I have a strong opinion that if 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 you're focused on God, awesome. Yeah. There's not a right way. I don't think there's a wrong way. Yeah. Um, a lot of people disagree with me on that. But if you're focused on God, I, I'm not worried about the structure. I'm not worried about how and why and when and where. I am worried about why. Why are you focused on God? I think mm-hmm. does 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 matter. It does to me. But just calling it out. And saying there's something more and there's something deeper, and uh, uh, I'm I'm passionate enough about the Lord's calling to me as a leader, and again getting back to my lack of empathy, um, I care enough about your guys' time and investment. I invited you to something. I want you to get all God's got in store for you. So mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of hit the reset button, and and for me anyway, it um, I, I personally need that to go like deep end quick. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just gonna. S- do a hit the rewind button and start from the beginning. We're going to like jump ahead two chapters and go straight down to the point that we're really kind of struggling for air a little bit. Um, and, and you find that at, then the Lord will balance us back out. Yeah. And so calling a spade a spade saying, yeah. guys, this is dry. This is not what God intended. We need to go deeper, kind of move from the head stuff to the heart. Bingo. Um, do you find, uh, what do you find, uh, in your experience, uh, has worked? Because my sense is that there are people listening who are in that sophomore slump, so to yeah. speak. They've invited yeah. <laughs> these people to come into their group, and and they're second-guessing it of, this isn't the deep, transforming experience I promised or thought it would be. What, what would be something that would stimulate that? Uh, uh, I'm a I, pretty simple-minded guy. I, th- I think it's exactly what I just said. It's like, let's call it out and 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 here's but here would be my advice when you call it out there's going to be guys that are like no this ain't for me uh-huh. right i really liked where we were a little uncomfortable huh yeah and and that's okay that's not your job as a leader yeah in my opinion uh if the group goes from 8 to 6 or 6 to 4 that's okay because god's got the whole thing figured out go back to an earlier part of our conversation he's with that guy yeah He's leading that guy. Um, he just might not be leading them with you for a few minutes, huh. right? Yeah. So the seeds planted are still there, and, and and the benefit that the rest of the group that that truly are ready, that truly want to be have that experience and that intimacy with Lord, um, and that'll be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about the life of Jesus, and we know in his ministry there were three times that he had he had three siftings. Yeah. And it was where the crowd got smaller because his teaching got harder. Actually started reaching the heart more, I think, and um, getting into their lives and into the nerves. Absolutely. And it was too much, and they they peeled back. And we don't look at Jesus as a failure. (laughs) Matter of fact, you get down to... I wouldn't. No, no, no. You get down to the moment of his his, uh, darkest moment or greatest moment, however you want to call it. He's pretty much nobody's around that he'd been investing in, right? They'd all run. But 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 you know, Mark, it's interesting because last night in our group, we were talking about that very topic. Oh. 
And one of the guys said, you know, it's going to be interesting when we get to heaven to run into one of those guys that was sifted. That, and we were talking specifically about, you know, when, when, when Jesus said, you know, eat my body, yeah. know, partake of my body. Yeah. And there were a few hundred people around then that, that were all in for him yeah. until he started talking crazy. Yeah. And then there were a few hundred people that weren't around. Yeah, he upped the ante. And- so it'd be interesting to, to run into one of the guys that was there and left and was at Pentecost, because uh, I'm quite confident that there were some that fit that bill yeah, yeah. and say, what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, were you like, oh my gosh, how yeah. much have I screwed up? Because, and the interesting part of that whole thing that, that I took out of it was, that guy's going to be in heaven. That guy that was sifted, yeah. I'm going to have that opportunity That's because cool. he's going to be there. He'll make it. And uh, and the same is true with the guys that are that enter our networks and in our groups. It's not up to us to save them. They're 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 good. Jesus hey, loves them. And you know that is the big picture, isn't it? It's about helping men follow Jesus so that we look at back on life with no regrets. Absolutely. And we have eternal life. And if you can keep that as the big picture, then the drive to the group on Monday night when you're half prepared, you're praying for red light. <laughs> Preachers never do that. <laughs> Preachers never drive to Bible studies praying for red lights. I just want you to know that. But and, and you just you, you're disciplined. You do it. You show up. It's about eternity. Yeah. It's not about this guy growing from Monday to Monday. It's about the big picture. Yeah, it's about eternity, isn't it? Yeah, and and discipleship's very much like life. There are those mountaintop moments where yeah. you say, "My goodness, look what God has done in and through me." Yeah, to these people generationally, and there are valleys that are like, "My." Gosh, why am I beating my head against this yeah. wall? And, uh, you know, that kind of gets back to Genesis 3. We can't all be mountaintop moments until we get to heaven. No, but I do think that a vision of the future uh, gives us power in the present. Absolutely. And on that random Monday night in the middle of uh, the fall when, you know, your your guys feel like you can see it in their eyes or starting to glaze over, this is turning into a rote experience. Yes. But then the Lord shows up and one of the guys confesses a sin or a weakness or a challenge and huddle around him and pray for him. Man, that's where that's where it's game time, Absolutely. I think. And the fact that it's not only about that night, but it's generational. It's about the generations that they'll affect. It's about eternity. It's about, and I, I, I love the position that God has because He sees the whole picture, the mm-hmm. in, the beginning, the end from the beginning, mm-hmm. and we get stuck in the moment. Absolutely. And I would just encourage you out there today, if you're listening, um, that God has an amazing, wonderful plan for your life, and it is all around the two greatest, the great commandment and the great commission. You know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but also to go and make disciples. And it's really easy for us to say, I love God, mm. um, and to, uh, you know, study and, and pray. and, and uh, But it's a whole other game when we say, and I'm going to invest my life now, what I know about living for Jesus, into the lives of others. That's where I think it gets real. No question. And it's where God can use you. And Jeff, you're an example of that for us. And I appreciate you so much. Now, how many uh, discipleship groups have you led since you had this aha moment? Oh, um, one, two, three, four leadership, uh, and then one participant. Interesting little story, if I could just yeah. insert something. Um, after I'd led two, no, after I'd led three groups. Um, the guy who was not the guy equipped to do it, right? Yeah. So we're 10 years, we're 10 years <laughs> after the, 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 the two before in the face at the baseball game. Uh, 
but I needed a break. Mm. And I, I did need a break. I just needed a, a pause. And sure. uh, But my idea of a break was different than God's idea of a break. And my break turned into a, uh, to really a, a kind of a season of dryness. Mm. Uh, I was not in the Word. My prayer life was not consistent. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife let me know in a pretty clear way that you probably need to be in another group. God bless you, Julie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she also talked to a good friend of mine, Bill, again, second time I've mentioned him. So I think Jeff needs to be in a group. And then Bill, with the um, I, I, all of the descriptions I'm going to bring are probably inappropriate, but he's not a very subtle guy. <laughs> he uh, he says, dude, you're coming to my group. Oh, okay. And well, that was the invitation. And and I said, well, um, that's what I said. I said, nice invitation. He said, no. Julie said, you need a group. I said, you need a group. You're coming to my group. It's unanimous. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the group, um, and they, they'd already been in a group. It just, you know, is a God thing. The circumstances were such that I could kind of— uh-huh kind of merge into them. And my goodness, what a life experience that was for me that, um, I will never, I pray that I will never allow myself to just blindly fade away, Mm. uh, because of my need for a break. I do need break. I do need refreshment, Sure, but I need to, uh, to, to be much more, um, aware of what that kind of separation from accountability does uh-huh. to me. And the good news is I now have people around me that uh, that know this story because I've told them the story that are keeping an eye out for me and will let me, they'll, they'll slap me back into reality wow. before I let that happen again. Well, they love you that much. Absolutely. Right? 100%. Yeah. When you love somebody enough, you tell them the truth. Yeah. And uh, I'm so grateful for you, Jeff, and the uh, way you're taking discipleship into your home and your marriage, your parenting, uh, your work. Uh, and and then the the life investment you've poured into these uh, four or five groups of men that you've been in too, mm-hmm. and I I just have to believe that um, in the big picture of eternity that God's doing some amazing things in you now, whether you feel it or not. Yeah, doesn't matter what if we feel it or Absolutely. not. The fact is that um, the great commandment and the great commission are both being borne out in your life, and we appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, if you're out there, uh, whether you're on the treadmill or in traffic today, and you're listening to this. I uh, just want to encourage you that on the 419disciplemakers.org, you can find all kinds of free resources, uh, videos, uh, content to use with your group, directions on how to start a group, and um, or you can contact us directly, and we want to help you no matter where you're at, um, to live out the Great Commission in, uh, for your life. Uh, it's guys like Jeff uh, and, and the other guests that we've had, if you listen to the many episodes in the past, that will encourage you uh, to stay the course and to be all that that God has created you to be. And so uh, we just want to encourage you today and, and bless you in the name of Jesus. Now go out there and make disciples. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Disciple Makers podcast.